How long did you have your restaurant? Maybe five years. A lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get gray-headed at all, which is fine. <laughs> oh, no. There's a hair dye involved. No, it's not. It's perfect. It's natural. <laughs> You're listening to The Restaurant Grind, the podcast of small business restaurant tours, sharing their stories and struggles, showcasing the grit every owner needs to be truly successful in the restaurant world. I'm JD, your host with The Restaurant Grind. I have Matt Patrick here, my co-host, and we are speaking with Sally Fienup, the Executive Director with the Memphis Restaurant Association. The MRA has been around Memphis since the 40s, 1947, I believe. And we're going to learn a little bit about Sally's Restaurant Grind story. So I took this role. I joined the Memphis Restaurant Association in 2017 and a restaurateur who uh, my husband and I had been in business with previously and who was currently serving on the board and who was also a personal friend reached out to me and told me that the position was open and, and he thought that I would be a good fit for it. So I interviewed with So several. you're mad at him. <laughs> I go back and forth. Yeah, that's right. Some days. Some days I'm grateful and some days I'm that's mad at him. the best thing ever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and interviewed with a couple board members and... Um, got the position. So I wouldn't say I was interested in nonprofits necessarily, but I had been, my husband and I had been involved in a restaurant in the past in Memphis. And so, um, and I think JD's going to ask me about my restaurant background before that. Um, First position. My first restaurant job ever would be, I think when I was 14 years old. So I grew up in Pennsylvania and there is an amusement park that is named after Milton Hershey and it's called Hershey Hershey, Park. Oh, I've been to Hershey Park. Uh Uh-huh. And um, they, I don't know if they still do, but they like, youngest you could get a job at that time was when you were 14 years old. And so my first job ever was just a summer job. I couldn't even drive at the amusement park and I was working in a hot dog stand in the amusement park. Um, And then after that, for several summers, even in high school, I worked for summers only at this little ice cream parlor, like old fashioned Mm. ice cream parlor that also flipped burgers and had fries in Mount Gretna, Pennsylvania. And it's called the Jigger Shop. The Jigger Shop. And I think (laughs) it's still around. That's awesome. And it's in this little um, mountainy kind of town in Pennsylvania. And then one summer after that, I worked at another ice cream shop. So I've been in restaurants (laughs) since I could work. That's awesome. I liked Hershey Park. We went with the kids when they were really little. It was fun. It's great. They have very American. Very America. It just very felt like Americana. It's, it's very America. Fun fact: If you are just driving through Hershey, um, I think especially in the summer, but maybe even in the winter, two things: number one, roll your windows down because you can actually smell the chocolate from the chocolate oh, factory, wow. like Willy Wonka. <laughs> And number two, all their street lights are every other one is a Hershey Kiss and every other one is an unwrapped Hershey Kiss. So it goes like silver chocolate, silver chocolate. Their street lights are all Hershey Kisses. All in. The town is all in. All in. All in. They're embracing their branding. That's right. (laughs) Got to be branded always. Exactly. I know uh, MRA sponsors and puts on a lot of events. I've attended the golf tournament and the skeet shooting. If you could just kind of tell us what y'all's overall goal is for restaurants and how you help. Several of the events that we have throughout the year are fundraisers um, for additional revenue for the association. Part of our revenue comes from membership dues and then part of it comes from events. And annually we have a golf tournament in October we usually have a more formal, some type of 
awards event in February. And that is usually to recognize both a restaurateur and an associate member who have contributed to the association and to Memphis in general. And so we try to recognize them at a little bit of a fancier event. We've had that for years. It used to be a banquet and now it's more of a tasting food festival format. In March, which you uh, mentioned, we always have a clay shoot, which is a benefit for our pack, which we can talk about in yeah. a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we normally have different educational events that change and rotate throughout the year. So sometimes we have learning summits. Sometimes we have smaller little educational meetings for our mm-hmm. restaurant tours that may just be an hour long, or we may just have a speaker come in. We've recently embraced some more virtual and um, live online educational events so people can either consume those live or even on recordings afterwards. Um, And we also try to support local restaurants by doing super informal, casual, hey, let's just all go to such and such restaurant and have a drink as well Mm -hmm. and get together as an association. And that would be both restaurant members and our vendor members who like to get together just purely for fellowship and support restaurants. The empathy is what it's all about, really. I always tell people that the empathy of an owner, but even if you're a restaurant owner, it's the, I'm not alone. I'm not the only crazy person (laughs) wanting to do this. It's a big, big deal to be a part of that, you know, the the community. And what you may find too, dealing with accounting clients and payroll people is that there are actually a lot of people who move into a vendor or associate career that had past restaurant experience. Mm -hmm. Like you just asked me, hey, what's your restaurant background? I would say more than 50% of the people that we talk to in cleaning industries and food supply industries and liquor industries can say, oh, well, I used to work at XYZ restaurant (laughs) in Memphis or my, and not just, not just like me where, oh, I worked there when I was 14, 15, 16, but some people really worked in restaurants for 10, 15 years. And then they pivot their career a little bit, um, just like UJD and, and they still want to work peripherally in the restaurant industry, but they just are supporting it from a vendor um, aspect. I agree with that a thousand percent. We, we, we talk about that a lot in, in uh, trying to hire accountants. We want accountants that have had, you know, service-based sure. experience working in a restaurant or working in a small business. It's, it's such a great experience for anybody as they're learning. I waited tables and bartended all the way through college. Um, I'd say we probably have half of our people here have done that at some point. It's just, it's the empathy. You have to know that this is a 24-7 thing you're now a part of. And so I want them to understand. But also it's dealing with the customer that's right in front of your face and who's not upset because you didn't do something right, but it wasn't you, it was somebody else. And dealing with all those wonderful things, it's a <laughs> it's a wonderful experience for anybody who is, has never done it. You should, you know, tip your servers. Tip your servers. <laughs> we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by the Memphis Restaurant Association, the Mid-South's key advocate for restaurant owners, managers, and employees alike, promoting the best dining experiences Memphis has to offer. Business owners, do you have a clear picture of where all your money is? Are your taxes getting taken care of on time? Clarity and consistency are key when it comes to getting the most out of your books. With detailed monthly financials and ongoing advisory services, Patrick Accounting is here to help you make more money and keep more of it. Learn more at patrickaccounting.com. I know we mentioned the MRA PAC helping with local needs, so could you dive into that a little bit? Sure. So 
The Memphis Restaurant Association, you guys will appreciate this from an accounting perspective, (laughs) but the Memphis Restaurant Association is its own entity. And then we have our own PAC, (laughs) Political Action Committee, that has its own bank account. It has, we file our own um, tax reports and everything with the government. Um, But most of our board members are very involved in that uh, Political Action Committee. And I tell everybody it's bipartisan and nonpartisan <laughs> in that we support candidates with the PAC money and our PAC dollars who support small business, restaurants, tourism in both Memphis and Tennessee in general, and um, yeah, just business interests in general. Yeah. Um, and so we those tend to straddle both sides of the aisle, especially locally, we found that city council judge uh, mayoral candidates when they're supporting restaurants or small business, it's very non-political. And so, like I said, it mm-hmm. spans both sides of the aisle. Um, we all like of, barbecue. <laughs> everybody in Memphis should, no matter your political that's party. That's right, that's right. It's not red or blue. That's right. Um, so that's what our PAC gets involved in. Yeah. Local issues and also we support uh, Tennessee organizations that work on a state level as well for issues that directly affect not just restaurants, but small businesses. I mean, it was super impactful the last couple of years. Obviously, yeah. it's been going on COVID from the standpoint of helping them, you know, encourage their, you know, their their, their representatives to make sure they're protecting the restaurant's interest with regards to government funding. You know, uh, all the standards with regards to letting you know restaurants kind of pivot and allow some flexibility with how they're going to serve their customers during a difficult time. Helping with ERC, uh, making sure that the politicians were committed to helping the restaurant survive during that time. Are there any major issues you guys are still kind of working on with the PAC right now that are that the restaurants are really wanting the legislation to get behind? Sure. So one thing I'll back up real quick to Matt that I'll say is the last couple of years, not just during COVID, but everything that restaurants have been dealing with and small businesses have been dealing with um, with labor issues mm-hmm. and, and a shortage um, over the last couple of years where the PAC sort of got their foot in the door in terms of talking to local city council people and uh, state representatives was that we already had a history of having gotten involved in advocacy pre-COVID. And so we may have donated a little check to their campaign. We may have gone to one of their fundraisers. We may have invited them to one of our restaurant events. We frequently invite um, dignitaries and representatives and elected officials to that event that I spoke about in February. And so when COVID did happen, it felt like there was an open door for the restaurant industry to sort of talk to those people who could affect what was going on and just for it to be an open dialogue. It wasn't a cold relationship. It was, Correct. It was we've already we've already met. You know us. Correct. We know you. We're here to help you. Exactly. But you know, your constituents need help and your constituents are the restaurants that you're serving. And it's important. That's right. And even if Initially, right out of the gates, maybe we didn't see eye to eye with certain different um, politicians or elected officials, and nobody did during that time. It was just crazy. We felt like there was a very pleasant, cordial, ongoing conversation. Okay, a couple months later, can we revisit this issue and can we talk about how it's affecting businesses now? Um, But to answer your question about what we're currently dealing with, so um, credit card swipe fees are a big deal. I know you guys are in finance, and so um, you can probably explain it way better than I it's can. It's a lot. I'm going to explain it real easy. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and, everybody it's a lot. Pay, and everybody pays with a credit card now, so it's a lot. It's a lot. And um, I think that restaurateurs and small businesses have been tweaking how they've been dealing with it over the last couple years. And um, it, there's not a perfect solution. And so we want to make sure that our elected officials know that we're not blindly paying our 
our credit card bill every yeah. uh, month. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I would absolutely encourage any restaurateur or small business owner to be keeping track of what those those yeah. bank fees are doing to the to their business. Dive and, in to see what that actual number is because a lot of the times they can be hidden. Absolutely. And and there are creative solutions and, and sometimes you're gonna have to eat some of that, but um, definitely talk to your bookkeepers and your accountants about what are what are some ways we can mitigate that a little bit or what are some creative solutions. Yep. Um, so that's one. I still think labor is there's no perfect solution and there's not an answer. Um, but I still think that that's something that small businesses are struggling with. Not as bad as 2020 and 2021. Um, but it's also not hiring is still an issue. Um, for sure. There are several board members who, uh, voluntarily actually, the, the restaurant association doesn't sponsor them, but because they're involved in the restaurant association, they like to get involved in two different days throughout the year. We usually send a handful of representatives today on the Hill in Nashville to talk to our elected officials on a state level about different issues. And then there's usually a handful that go to D.C. once a year, too, to talk to elected officials in D.C. for Day on the Hill through National Restaurant Association. And um, one of the items they were talking about this year was to combat the labor situation is um, First of all, people who have a record and if they're able to serve alcohol and there's different stipulations on, um, you know, should somebody who have a minor drug charge, there's a waiting period mm-hmm. to get your um, ABC, license. ABC license. And as restaurant tours, a lot of times they're absolutely willing to advocate on behalf of somebody who's ready for a second chance yeah. to, you know, we want them to be able to serve alcohol, especially if, you know, maybe they're a restaurant. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that's one deal. Another deal was, again, dealing with labor is talking about um, just different visas and immigration issues. And if we need a responsible worker who doesn't necessarily have citizenship, what those timings and um, that kind of thing look like too. And so restaurant business owners were able to communicate, we need the labor force as long as there's somebody legal and we can tweak some of the stipulations. Um, Making we're willing it to have easier for them to help the potential new employee to be legal if they're not. Having a pathway to Hey, this is a person that wants to work in the states. They have, a, they want a job. They want to pay taxes. They're here, but we can't hire them, and we have, and we're already having a hard enough time finding people to hire as it is. Um, I know in our world, we're seeing a lot with like daily pay tip uh, solutions that are out there, and the predatory—it's almost predatory lending to staff. And so, making sure that the people are properly educated about what they're getting themselves into and what they're what the deficiency on the employees are um making sure they're staying in compliance with if it's e-verify or whatever other stuff that goes on there you know um making it as pro-business as possible but also with uh understanding of what the market dictates when it comes to trying to find employees is super hard um you know from our side the benefit that we see with the restaurants that we serve that are in mra is just really the overall un- understanding that they're not alone the empathy factor is so big but also that that there really is a giving community and that they want other restaurants to succeed they like to see restaurants being successful in memphis it's a it's a very pro restaurant market and um the owners and the chefs and the people are all i find to be very giving in that and they want to see everybody the rising tide lifts all boats right and the more success the industry has here, the better. And so I, I we highly encourage it with anybody that we suddenly just getting the restaurant business or even if they're not normally in the Memphis, they hadn't been in the Memphis market, they're moving here. It's important for them to kind of get involved in understanding what that means in this market. It's big. 
that's absolutely been our experience with the restaurant association. There's very and and actually, believe it or not, with vendors as well too. Yeah. I tell people who get involved in the restaurant association, not just restaurants, although you hit on the restaurants. Every restaurant wants other restaurants to succeed. And uh, a lot of times they'll help each other out. If I have a question, I have a question about a vendor. I have a question. I need a referral for somebody to fix something. Everybody's very giving. But I tell people that actually about the vendors in our restaurant association as well, that we have in our board, at our fundraisers, competitors, friendly competitors in the industry sitting next to each other at an event and uh, sharing a beer together because we want for there to be enough restaurant business in Memphis for there to be plenty of business for everybody. And so that's even the case with vendors where um, they'll serve on a committee together at the Restaurant Association and they're both in the same industry. Honestly, that's how we really have gotten even more actively involved in Murray is really through the efforts of really forming a group of vendors that meets regularly and talks about the restaurants that they're working with, or do you know somebody here that we could talk to, but also just the learning of, well, you know, these guys are really good at this and they're really doing, they're seeing a lot of success doing this. And just a lot of friendly support uh, with all the other vendors that we work with. And it's been great. I mean, some of them are our clients now, which is great, but also, you know, they really have led to a lot of wonderful network opportunities for us. I think you said friendly support, and I think that's the perfect descriptor um, for what it is. I think also with the acknowledgement that different business relationships are a good fit for different reasons, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, whether it's restaurant to vendor or vendor to restaurant, I may, you may be the good fit for my business right now at this given point in time. It may change if my business grows. It may change if I open a different location. Um, I may come back to a certain vendor who is a better fit at this point in time or, you know, has, has a product or a service that I need. And, um, yeah, friendly support is, is yeah, a perfect descriptor. We highly value the other members that are vendors in the association. It's been huge for us. And, and, and also it helps us understand, like, I mean, we had many times in the past when, like, we'd be one of four MRA people out to walk in the door, back-to-back-to-back meetings with a new restaurant that's opening up, going, this is a great network for them. It becomes a turnkey solution sometimes for the restaurant owners who are trying to figure out, okay, I need a POS person and a credit card person, and I need a a vendor for my dishwasher, and I I also need payroll. i got to start paying people sometimes so I need to get payroll figured out. It's nice to be able to have uh, a connection to find a lot of those resources that a restaurant needs. So It really is. And and one example, too, is uh, let's just say so-and-so was a GM at a certain restaurant, and they were ready to go out on their own and start a restaurant. They may have had a really good relationship with a vendor that used to call on them when they were a GM. And so that's let's say that's the first person they call when they're ready to open their own restaurant. Well, that's how that ball sort of starts rolling, right? Because I knew so-and-so. I knew Patrick Accounting because they worked with me when I was a GM at XYZ Restaurant. I'm going to call them, but now I'm looking for... Um, you know, somebody to get a dishwasher from, somebody who, to sell me a POS system. Yeah. Well, Patrick Accounting may work with several people who sell POS systems, and they may be like, you know what? We think this is going to be the best fit for you at this time. Yep. We think this may be a good fit for you, you down know, the road. Down the road, exactly. I love what you guys have done. You know, the whole the educational series. I think you know a lot of our restaurant owners that we run into. Some of them have never been in the industry before. Some of them are trying to improve. We want people to try to improve things, and so the never stop learning mentality, which is good. And, and a lot of the, the restaurant association members have that with the idea, I wanna keep making it better and better over time. And I think that's huge as part of that as you guys continue to do your educational events. Well, the other fact of the matter is, and, and you guys obviously know this because you pump out education all the time. And one of the things that unfortunately is true is that facts change all the time and thing, 
education, code enforcement, health department rules, um, laws and legislation change all, all the time. So just because you watched a uh, YouTube on something a couple of years ago or listened to a podcast on it a couple of years ago, our liquor laws changed throughout COVID and then again this year. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. you can't take margaritas out. No more to go. <laughs> no, no more, more to, to go. go. Oh, I think uh, that should be a permanent. We need to get the pack on that one. Uh, <laughs> Man, we tried. To go, to go mar- margaritas is a cool thing. We tried. It was it was great. So yeah, that's what we're here for is updates. I mean, because you can educate yourself once, but if you don't update yourself for a couple of years, it, everything's different. I think immediately about technology. I mean, all the technology that's, you know, got rolled out during COVID, but even continues to roll out with regards to um, integrations with their systems and and getting you know better information. It's ever changing, okay. so it's important for them to have a place to go and know where they can find the resources they need. What is one of your most proud things that you've done being at the Memphis Restaurant Association? One of the things that I'm really proud of, and I hope we continue. Um, we've always leaned into this, but this past year, I would even say this past six months is, is when we've super embraced our relationships with other nonprofit and organizations in Memphis who are doing really amazing things. So we always tried to promote associations and organizations that we thought made Memphis better and were really um proud to have in, that we're really proud to have in Memphis. So for example, for a long time, we've supported zoo, zoo fundraisers, um, Dixon fundraisers, botanic garden fundraisers. We've always sort of wanted to promote church health and what they do for um, those who need uh, health care. And recently over the last six months, we've really done some interviews and uh, recorded some things about some other organizations that may be smaller, maybe lesser known, maybe are just getting off the ground mm-hmm. that restaurants should be proud are in Memphis. And some of them may have seen sort of like, what does the restaurant association have to do with job training in jails? Like, mm-hmm. what do those have to do with each other? Well, they do because um, it affects us. Shortage. It affects yeah. the job shortage. It affects who's eating in restaurants. Um, that's just one example of. And then you, I remember the Giving Kitchen at one of the seminars or events that y'all had promoting them. Absolutely. They are specifically a nonprofit who gives back to restaurant workers who are going through a hardship. And one of the things Memphis Restaurant Association will never claim is that we can solve all your problems as a restaurateur. But one of the things we do want and are proud of is that you should be able to come to us if you have a question about where should I go for that resource. Mm -hmm. And so we want to continue to be the connector. And most recently, we've just been really proud to connect with some of those organizations that um, are really affecting uh, standard of living for people in Memphis. Yeah, that's great. Well, again, thank you for sharing your time with us, Sally. And we really have appreciated uh, learning the story and the partnership that we have with the Memphis Restaurant Association. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Restaurant Grind. If you did, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating on your podcast player. Doing so helps our stories inspire more people in their restaurant grind journeys. We'll see you next week.